I think that one of the things that has stopped a lot of good skilled people from getting into the trades to begin with is there is that stigma, that perception that you have to be willing to tolerate the abuse that was sort of a historical fixture of construction in particular. If we can manage that out, if we can stop that happening, we're going to be able to attract more of those skilled professionals into our industry. And really, what everyone wants is to be working with the best. Uh, my name is Nathan Brandon. Uh, I work as a superintendent in the construction division, and I've worked at Hool for about six years now. Yeah, I've got the dubious honor of having been in the construction industry for about 20 years, so long enough to have sort of experienced some of the old school mentalities as well as seen some of the change happen. I think that everybody probably has had the experience of not feeling like they're in a in a safe or a good place um, mentally at work and how impossible it can be to, to focus on what you're doing. If you're distracted on a construction site in particular, there are a lot of physical hazards that aren't going to immediately come to your attention. Um, I actually had a really good example. There was a, a morning uh, a few months ago, I was going to a, a mental health first aid course. And on the way there, I stopped off to get coffee. And I ran into uh, an old superintendent who he's been in the construction scene around here for probably about 50 years. So very hard-nosed mindset. And he asked me where I was going. And after a little bit of preamble, I, I kind of told him where I was going. And... He seemed to think about it for a minute, and then he told me a story about when he was much younger. He had taken a few days off of work, and some some fellows from his work crew were killed. And it was very likely that had he been at work, he would have been one of them killed. And he said, "I I wish that at the time." we had had this sort of mentality of making sure that everyone was in a good place mentally because I'm old and experienced enough now to be able to say that I probably wasn't for a long time knowing that how close that I was to having been killed at work and having lost a bunch of friends. And it would have been great if I didn't have to be the tough guy and if somebody would have maybe pulled me aside, checked to see that I actually wasn't in a good place and made me go and take some time to deal with that. So if someone from that generation is able to acknowledge that, then I think that we now certainly should be capable of doing the same thing. Hello, and welcome to Inside Construction, a podcast from the British Columbia Construction Association. I'm your host, Chris Atchison, and I'm also the president of BCCA. We're working for the productivity and resilience of BC's industrial, commercial, and institutional construction sector. We represent all employers, regardless of labor affiliation. For over 50 years, as long as we've been around, the BCCA has championed the health and well-being of BC's construction workforce, and we continue to lead the way with services like the Builder's Code and the BCCA Employee Benefits Trust, here to support the mental and physical health of contractors and their valued teams. 
We're bringing you this podcast series as part of our advocacy work, seeking to highlight the key issues affecting employers in BC's construction industry. We'll meet British Columbians who are affected by these issues professionally and personally. With their help, we'll shed some light on what's working, what isn't, and how private and public sector stakeholders can come together to ensure BC's industry has what it needs to get the job done on time, on budget, and with the world-class outcomes we all expect. Today, we're talking about how a modern commitment to safety is improving culture in the construction industry. Contractors take safety very seriously as a rule, which traditionally has meant protecting against physical hazards. Steel-toed boots and hard hats are mandatory for a good reason. But the way we define safety as an industry is changing and expanding. More employers and workers are realizing that mental health is as important as physical health, and any site that allows hazing, bullying, and harassment is not a safe site. Psychological hazards are as real as physical ones, but they can be harder to spot and much less straightforward to manage. If someone on a crew is being hazed or bullied for any reason, that negative behavior is creating stress and distraction, not just for the employee being targeted, but for the rest of the crew who are probably distracted by what's happening. And here's what stress and distraction does. It leads to mistakes. Mistakes cause injuries, reduce productivity, cost money, and harm reputation. It's all bad for business and very bad for the people who are coming to work every day on your site. In the extreme, these behaviors can be so toxic that they make the news. And unfortunately, COVID-19 has added to the incidence of racism and discrimination. Well, far as you can see behind me, the construction site is still here at Michael Guerin Hospital. It was six months ago that two black workers discovered two nooses on their equipment. Now, this is a closed construction site, meaning there is no access to the general public. The discovery of the two nooses was made back on June the 10th. And unfortunately, this was one of several incidents from the summer. Nooses were also found at two other construction sites, one in Regent Park and another on Bay Street. Nobody wants situations like that to be happening in construction or anywhere else. As our industry strives to become more diverse, as we struggle with skilled worker shortages and poor retention rates, we know we need to do better. And we are doing better, but we still have a long way to go. And every employer, every site has a part to play in improving the culture of our industry. Our guests today will explain why an expanded definition of safety is so important talk about the changes they've made and seen in the industry, and look at how the Builder's Code, a baseline code of conduct standard, is helping lead the way. Uh, So my name is Taylor Manhas. I'm with West Canada Electric, Inc., and I am the safety coordinator. If you look at incidents, um, once you have an incident on site, you have to complete an investigation. Nine times out of ten, our root causes aren't Um, physical root causes, they're mental root causes. So it could be maybe someone didn't have their mind on task because they were dealing with issues at home. So then they got cut or maybe someone at work wasn't treating them properly. So they were thinking about that versus how to accurately strip wire. So then their hand slipped and they got cut. So realizing that this has such a big impact and having this 
talk with them maybe makes them realize how it affects them and how we can maybe remove that from them actually performing their work. West Canna has always been a big promoter of diversity, women in trades, and overall great workplace culture. But even when your company supports these things, it can still be difficult to get started or to make it stick. That's where the Builder's Code can help. It sets clear expectations for behavior grounded in the language and goals of business. Taylor explained why it's important for the definition of safety to include psychological health as well as physical health. We know that in BC right now, we're at a shortage of work people, like crews. We don't have enough trades right now to fulfill the amount of work that we have in BC. If we don't make safety both physical and mental health a priority, employees aren't going to be able to get their jobs done. Safety isn't just about making sure someone doesn't get hurt. It's about ensuring our jobs get done properly. It increases productivity, both when you're focusing on mental health and safety in general. So if we can't make that a number one priority, we're not going to be able to fulfill our timelines on to completing these jobs. So Taylor, how has the Builders Code been received by your tradespeople and how has it helped to improve the culture? I was definitely apprehensive of bringing this out into our company. We all know that there's a perception around tradespeople, right? It's big gruff guys and they don't, they're not into mental health, but once I rolled it out and we did the training and we've had these meetings and toolbox around it, our employees embraced it. Right away, they jumped on board and realized how it can only affect our journeymen, our supervisors, but our new apprentices. And overall, like our worksite culture on our sites has been amazing because of this, we have this included in our orientations too. So new employees coming into our company know it's a priority and they get excited to work for a company like that. One word we hear a lot when we talk about workplace safety is change. And each of our guests today will tell you that they've noticed big improvements in productivity, camaraderie, and general workplace culture after a change was made. The traditional work environment and culture within the construction industry certainly included bullying and hazing and I think that's on its way out. I think with a new workforce people are more aware of their rights and that they have a choice. They have a choice on where they work and the industry that they work in and I think the employees demand that change in that respect and with that comes an obligation from the employer to change the culture to eliminate bullying, harassment, and hazing. That's Lincoln Kine. He's vice president of the British Columbia sector of Lafarge, Canada. It's also of great value for the company too. Having a diverse workforce allows us to enhance our value proposition. It allows us to move with technology and create different perspectives that we may otherwise not have had. Key to success of maintaining a job site culture free of bullying and harassment starts with leadership. Leadership engagement and leadership setting the standard of what they expect and then being out in the workplace and engaging the workforce and setting those expectations. Maybe explain a little bit why Lafarge got involved with the Builders Code initiative. 
The Builders Code allows us to attract and retain talent by being a pillar of the cultural expectations that we set. It demonstrates a leadership commitment towards a safe working environment psychologically for employees. And that allows them to enter a workplace, a new team, a new work environment, take a new opportunity to develop their career. It requires commitment every day by leadership to continue to reinforce those standards. People don't change overnight. Change is hard. Cultural change is difficult. And we're asking a very traditional, heavy, male-dominated industry to change and to adapt to a new way of doing business and new faces within the team. But the Builders Code is an important piece of that puzzle that allows us to continue that journey and gives us another tool in which to have engaging conversations with our workforce. Lincoln shared a story with me about a time when Lafarge stepped up to provide psychological help for its employees and the incredible impact this had on everyone. I was recently involved with an unfortunate industrial accident. And in the past, what I would say is we may have focused more on the investigation and the the transactional elements. And when we had this accident, we really went to the employees and said, what what do you need? You know, we want to be there. This is the range of options that we have. And and I can say in the, the last 13 years that I've been in the industry, this latest event really highlighted the need for embracing the psychological supports involved around uh, an adverse event within the business. So we offered trauma counseling for uh, the individuals and we, you know, they had initially asked for it to be there for a day. Well, this, this actually grew and, and we had, we provided uh, support for over 10 days on site. And what we really saw was a, a blossoming of support within that little work group and, and almost like a family unit where they really took care of each other psychologically and touched base with each other and, and really took it upon themselves more so than the paternal view of the company. But really it just, we created an environment for which their own team dynamics could grow and, and, and work together and find what really resonated for them as far as a support mechanism. So for me, that was extremely pleasing. And I still touch base with those individuals now. The support they've received that they reflect on extremely positively that they don't think would have been there three, four, five years ago to the greater extent in which we provide now as an industry. A positive site culture grounded in physical and psychological safety for all workers is the key to the future of our industry. By improving the way we develop and support our workforce, by empowering a diverse talent field to pick up the tools and show us how to build the way forward, by showing them that they are free to use the skills and knowledge they have without fear and that bullying, hazing and harassment won't be tolerated, we will get to where we need to go. Today, the construction industry is 94% male and mostly white. Skilled workforce shortages have been a problem for more than a decade. Things are changing, but we still have a long way to go. Uh, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) 
<laughs> so many instances to start with a lot of like, you know, catcalling and um, on the big job sites that I was working on. Shockingly, it was kind of the older fellows actually that caused me the most grief. Um, but, you know, they would say things that they think they didn't really think that I could hear them, but um, definitely sound travels upwards and you can hear a lot when you're up there. That's Marianne Bocott. She's the owner of Westcom Plumbing in Victoria, but got her start in the construction industry as a roofer. Sometimes she'd be up on the roof and hear guys down below making inappropriate comments about her appearance. Other times, the harassment would be more in her face. Uh, so I heard a lot of things that really shouldn't come out of anybody's mouth, in my opinion, but uh, that's kind of uh, the tip of the iceberg. But, you know, there was a lot of instances where there was inappropriate touching and, you know, I've had like my leg stroked in a vehicle before by a boss of mine and in quotation marks here, uh, accidental grabs as uh, brush buys, you know, uh, I've had my ass grabbed a lot. Let's just say that. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, it wasn't okay, but it's one of those things that I guess I just, I don't know. I I figured that biting my tongue was the way to get through it, which at that time, I think that honestly it was because I really didn't want to blacklist myself as, you know, that woman that or at the time, really, that girl that, you know, oh, she called so-and-so on me. I didn't I didn't want to give myself that label. So I just really put up with it for a lot of years. And yeah, but those are just a few of those stories that I have. I mean, I could talk for hours about all the experiences, but uh, yeah, this would be a pretty long podcast. <laughs> Marianne, beyond your company, are you seeing a shift in attitudes about women on work sites? Um, I, oh, yes, big time, actually. I do, I do think that there is a huge shift. When I first started, it was taboo almost to have you on site. Nobody wanted the, the chick around, that's for sure. You have to be open to uh, giving opportunities to maybe the people that you wouldn't really think about giving the opportunities to originally, right? Like, I'm a hundred pounds, and I do the job just fine. You know, it's all, it, it's a misconception that you have to be this big burly person in order to do these trade jobs. It's so untrue on so many levels. It's working with your brain. It's working with your hands. There's so many different avenues you can take as well. Maybe you are that big burly person that can do these, you know, other avenues of the jobs that maybe I wouldn't be able to do or able to do quite as easily. But there's also things that I can do that they can't, like fit into little eight-inch crawl spaces and fix water line leaks, you know, <laughs> without cutting the floor open. I will crawl down there no problem and fix that. You know, if you're an employer out there that's thinking about hiring a woman and hasn't, maybe you should give us a shot because, you know, I, I honestly think that all those employers that did me, didn't give me the time of day in the past, you know, they, they missed out. What more needs to be done to attract and retain women in the trades? Making sure that the harassment and hazing is done with is going to be huge. I, I hear about it all the time. And it's really heartbreaking, you know, to, to know that this is still happening out there. Or, you know, it just makes it awkward and it makes it hard for us to, you know, work comfortably in those kind of situations. And I think that with the Builder's Code... 
the fact that there is recognition for employers that um, that support it and, you know, there's award systems out there now. I think that there's more incentive to have a safe job site. Uh, feeling safe on a job site is is uh, a pretty important thing. I think everyone works harder and, you know, is more appreciative to be there when you're not getting treated like garbage. Young people, new entrants to the trades won't tolerate hazing, bullying and harassment. And that's a good thing. Just because you were hazed 25 years ago and made it through doesn't mean that others should have to. Those days are over and good riddance to them. A sense of belonging, of teamwork and collaboration is what makes us great. Look to resources like the Builders Code and the BCCA Employee Benefits Trust to support your company in developing a culture with benefits that attract the best talent and keeps it through loyalty and trust. Let's close out the episode by bringing back Nathan, who you heard from at the top of the episode. I know that when when I was in high school, once upon a time, um, trades weren't talked about uh, as favorably as they are now, despite the fact that as long as I've been in the industry, there has been a complaint about a shortage of skilled workers. Really, we need to start to pull down some of the barriers or, or the perceptions that are there about what is actually offered at a career in construction. People have a tendency to think of it as being a physically laborious job in a somewhat abusive environment. And I think that that's starting to be more of a dated concept. I have a a number of different teams, and of course every team is full of individuals, but everyone supports the Builder's Code because everything that's in there is everything that they've really wanted to see more of in the industry for most of their careers. And for some of them who are maybe a little bit older, like I am, um, they've actually enjoyed seeing that progression and they enjoy the workplace now more than they enjoyed the workplace 20 years ago. And I hope that it will also help to convince some people who might be considering a career in construction, but who are worried about some of the perceived negative aspects of working in this place. Um, I hope it'll help them at least make a decision to give us a shot because I think they'll be happy. If you're an employer in BC's construction industry and you compete for talent and work hard to make sure that your project schedules and budgets are accurate, your site's safe and your margins healthy, know that your company culture lies at the core of your success. There are many excellent resources to support your effort and a great place to start is with the Baseline Code of Conduct standard for all BC worksites provided by the Builders Code. The Builders Code is supported by WorkSafe BC, the BC Construction Safety Alliance and the Industry Training Authority, but it is optional, not regulated, totally confidential and no cost except for the training. Our employer advisors will work with you on a plan that suits your business, whether you're just getting started or are an advanced employer interested in amplifying your success through the Builders Code Awards. Champions of the Builders Code include companies like Hula Electric, Lafarge Western Canada, Chinook Scaffolding, Ram Consulting, Kinetic Construction, Scott Construction Group, Metro Vancouver, the Port of Vancouver, DuraWest Construction Management, and over 200 more. Whatever steps you're taking, 
to build a strong company culture. You're not in this alone. Together, we're building a construction industry that works for everyone. Thank you for all you do. Join us again next time to get inside construction.